Welcome to Dark Days Radio presents Dark Hammer, a Worlds of Warhammer podcast. I'm one of the regular hosts of Dark Days Radio. I'm Chris, and as always, I'm joined by David. Hello. Hello. Been a long time since we've done this. It's been a long time since we've done this or regular episodes. It's been busy. I mean, we had the new year, we had virtual horror con, uh, I've had writing contracts and other stuff. So it's been uh, exhausting. Um, but we're going to get back into the flow of things. Um, and so the topic of discussion is the Eldari, who are basically space elves. Space they elves. are Yay. space elves. They're Warhammer 40k. Eldar, as they are commonly known to the via the tongue of mankind. Yeah. Um, but before we get into that, uh, what's been going on hobby wise? Uh, Not much stuff since the last one. <laughs> no, um, there's been a lot of things. We're still doing yeah. lots of gaming. Um, I need to finish painting the base to my uh, amble uh, for. Blackstone Fortress, yeah, and then oh I've actually done anything since the virtual horror con. I know I, I hardly paint anything right now. Like, oh, okay, yeah. Um, and then I will get into. Uh, I think I'm going to attack the um, Knight Shadow Stalkers and get those done. Um, finally, yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for something we're going to talk about in a minute to come out, and the um, mm. Soul Blight for. Mm-hmm. Or underworlds. I want those. Yeah, they're going to be my next big project. I'm kind of given up on the goblins at the moment. Yeah. Um. So that's hobby wise. Um. Then uh, I think that's really brings us into the new segment. Yeah. So stuff that is ongoing. So while this is being recorded, um, Sunday uh, is the next session of of your enemy within campaign for warhammer yep. fantasy roleplay uh we should have a new player for that one um i have a player lined up i don't know if excellent you've seen. um i'm guessing you've seen those messages yes yeah cool so we should have a new player for that which should be cool um and another one hopefully in another couple of weeks as well excellent uh if it's who i think it is um then they're awesome <laughs> yeah um, yeah it, it's yeah um both of them are awesome players but the one that's coming in on on sunday is oh he's something special shall we mm, say um so yes uh that's ongoing um obviously uh, talking of streaming we had virtual horicon which was mm-hmm. busy um you yep. can go back to oh, i've got to remember to upload more videos actually but um uh if you go on the darker days radio twitch uh before they disappear off there um you can freely watch the interview with andy chambers talking about developing games in particular developing warhammer 40,000, uh his history and experience with that and then obviously how that kind of really informs how he develops games now uh things like you know um uh, well, I can't think of it. Um, what's the aircraft game that he developed? Oh, um, I want to say Blazing Blood... Devils. Red Sun or something like that, isn't it? Blood, Blood Red Skies. Blood Red Skies. Um, and the Judge Dread and Rogue Trooper miniatures games. Uh, so that was really cool to chat to Andy, as always. It's really very hard not to fanboy uh, and just do it professionally, but it's really cool. Um, I really do. It's, it's, it's just such a... 
He seems it's like such a chill, chill, chill oh, person yeah. as well. He's like still got the passion for the hobby, yeah, and his he, knowledge, and he knows he knows who he is. But he's just like, eh, well, he, he's he's not quite Lord. He's not quite Lord uh, Varlak from the classic days, uh, commanding <laughs> his tank battalion in the last stand before becoming master of the underhive in necromunda um that's that's a lot of inside knowledge fandom knowledge of of those days of second ed 40k um yeah, that. but then obviously there were a lot of stream games and mm -hmm. panels um and the stream game of uh wrath and glory that i ran was particularly hilarious i, I was in stitches watching that um you need to get howard on more games oh yeah howard's great um, I think it was good also because while it was hilarious, it was also quite it was quite dark and satirical about the horrors of war. Oh, um, it was very World War One, and I think um, I'm quite interested in exploring that more of that it's, kind of story. Yeah, it certainly felt very kind of like trench warfare esque in, in a way, even though it wasn't technically trench warfare. You had that kind of horror of things going wrong, bumps and, yeah. and stuff. Um, and just it just shows. It just shows how you can really pull back from the epic grandeur of of Warhammer Forty Thousand and yeah. tell a story that is actually quite relatable. Yeah, um, that's one thing that Wrath and Glory does does allow because of that tier system it has within it. Yeah, it allows you to to put these guardsmen in these situations that are relatable and it's not just space marines and inquisitors and rogue traders and kind of like the high ups running around doing amazing things mm -hmm. and mike dies three times in that story and i thought it was hilarious well yeah it, it mike played it played it wonderfully Brilliant, which yeah. was great he um he did exactly what i required in that game um but that's given away too many spoilers if you've not watched it yet um oh yeah sorry uh, so yes uh 40k wrath and glory uh new release uh today actually was uh the next scenario for litanies of the lost which is a vow of silence yep. um i've not read it yet uh fully but it's um looks interesting and then the last one which is coming out in a couple of weeks may may may, may be related to us or in a way yeah so grim Har grim harvest is the last one and uh, i may have had a hand in that <laughs> So if you do run that, um, I'm not going to be playing in it. It's not technically a campaign. Yeah. They're interlinked scenarios. So. And yeah, the Forsaken players, uh, sorry, Forsaken system guide, which has got more archetypes, playable races. So you've got Brute, uh, Rattlings, Ogren, uh, no squats, which is a shame, but, you know, time will tell. Um, well, squats kind of do exist again, don't they? Because they they released one for Necromunda. So they've released two for Necromunda. Yeah, squats, um, there's some weird. There's some weird comments in. I think some of the the books that led up to Ninth Edition about like Ad Meg and Chaos Squats and stuff. So yeah, squats are there. They're just um, yeah. Uh, so that's cool for 40k. Um, but there's just more stuff coming out. I think the Forsaken System Guide adds a lot of the things people were wanting, like you know, apothecaries and more, just a lot more bits. Uh, yeah. Mainly... A lot, a lot more player, uh, archetypes, which is really... Yeah, cool. they're mainly Imperial archetypes, let's be honest. Um, but I think that's fine. That's fair. Uh, I think we need devoted books for the other fa playable factions. Um, yes. So that's cool. Um, Soulbound has got a shit ton of stuff coming out soon uh, or in the near future. Uh, we've had the 
Champions of Order, Order, which is brilliant. Like it adds so much to the game. We now have Lumineth. We now have new archetypes for everything. We've got Shadow Stalkers. Hurrah! Mm. Uh, we've got new gear. We've got new spells. We've got new um, factions you can belong to. So in other words, they're kind of like mini factions. So yeah. say if you're if you're a free peoples, then you can say, oh, I belong to Anvil Guard, and you'll get a bonus for belonging to Anvil Guard. Yeah, um, it, kind of adds, it adds in the free cities, the cities of Sigma free cities stuff, doesn't it? So yeah, so that's all really good. Um, there's been some more scenarios out as well that add extra stuff. So um, that'll be fun to run more of at some point um and then there's some stuff with fighting in the skies at some point which is going to be crazy yeah, that, that looked so that's so up my street i so want to start like do an actual caradron overlord scenario where you want a ship and you're just kind of going around hunting creatures in the sky yeah um i mean i've been having some good fun running soulbound at home as well uh my home game i say home game it's online but it's my non-streamed game and uh been running through the anvil guard scenarios from cities of the flame so uh that's allowed me to try out some things and really get to grips with uh soulbound um so that leads us to Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay. And then what have we had out for that? We've had uh, Power Behind the Throne and the yep. Power Behind the Throne Companion, the Middenheim book, and some one other bits. Reichland. Yeah, that's brilliant. Um, one Shots yeah. of the Reichland is brilliant. Um, so yeah, that's trundling along. And of course, Horned Rat is coming. Mm-hmm. Uh which is going to be interesting. Um, and then uh, really the most exciting thing, the, the exciting things that are Games Workshop related are that um, we have another part works out starting. I've just subscribed to get the first few issues, see what it's like and cheap models, obviously, um, which is the new 40K part works called Imperium. Imperium. Uh, so you're basically going to be collecting Space Rings, Necrons, but imp- it's actually Imperials, because some Imperial. of the later issues will give you Sisters Ad-Mech. of Battle and Admech, yeah. so it's kind of that's kind of cool. And, and you get Papa, Smurf, um, Papa Smurfs in it. Yeah, I, I you know, the, the Mortal Realms one was good fun, so, yeah. It's a good way to um, grab some models for the and cheap. And then the other big thing is Warhammer <laughs> Quest Cursed City. Oh, so excited. Wow. It looks so good. So, so good. Uh, it's just, it's a city in Shaish. In it's vampires. It's vampire hunters. Uh, it's just... It's, it's, it's still a city, but it's a city run by a vampire law. So you, it's, it's kind of got like an undead guard to it, but there's still also normal humans running around the place who've decided to yeah. let this vampire take on it. But he's a vampire ogre. Yes, well, that's insane. It's like an ogre who's a vampire. So they're, they're expanding their ideas and the whole thing that they've done with it. I'm just like, ah, oh. it's it looks stunning. Um, I think this is actually going to be. I never played Warhammer Quest Age of Sigmar versions like Hammerhall yeah, and Silver Tower. Tower. Yeah, I've not played those. They, so they I don't were know how old school kind of Warhammer Quest feel. Yeah, Hammerhall allowed you to design scenarios mm. uh, and have a games master. Um, Blackstone Fortress is fantastic. 
And this looks like a step up from Blackstone Fortress, to be honest. Yeah, it's taken that idea and just kind of gone mental with it. I think they learned a lot. So that's exciting. Um, Speaking of vampires, we've got what? uh, Warhammer Underworlds. um, The Gravelord people. Yeah, vampires. So good. Um, I mean, this is actually something I've been thinking about whether I get into Warhammer Underworlds because you can. That's a that's a game that really does lend itself to online play. Yeah, it's, it's grid based, hex based yeah. game. All you both need is you can you can literally just kind of have the board out in front of both of you on the cameras, and you can say move it two yeah. squares, one two hexes that way, and it's just doesn't doesn't have that finickety of am I within range kind of thing. So yeah, um, there's also uh, the 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 mobile app game of what of. Underworlds is basically Underworlds on a mobile. So is that on a mobile app? I know it exists on Steam. Is it actually on? Android? It might be. It might be Steam that I'm thinking of. Um, don't know. It's Warhammer... not, not mobile. Mobile. Yeah. No. Warhammer Quest is definitely mobile. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, it'd be interesting to try it out on on Steam. Uh, to be yeah, perfectly we could, honest, we could give it a, a if it's not too expensive, give it a go. Yeah. And then. Finally, to wrap up uh, news-wise, um, which is maybe more interesting to listeners, is the fact that given the success of uh, Virtual Horicon and Twitch streaming, we will start doing Twitch streaming more regularly on our own Twitch channel. So what that will mean is we will continue doing our stuff with Gehenna Gaming because it's fun. Um, when, when Ian and co are available to gaming the campaigns that we run then that's good but obviously that's um that's based upon the paywall subscription stuff to get in gaming that whether you get access to it or not and when you can watch it and when it gets to youtube so obviously we will start putting stuff onto our twitch stream a bit more regularly um which will mean starting up a campaign on there of some game uh which we are working out currently um plus other stuff like yeah, if I get my arse into gear, more painting, same review, um, yep. streaming computer games, like I did a quick stream of Cyberpunk 2077, just because it was a laugh, just uh, yeah, basically just trash talk while playing it. Um, uh, yeah, so that's that's the plan on that. Um, so that's really it for the news. There's there's a lot. Of, there's been a lot of good stuff for Games Workshop stuff. It's just been. It's been pretty pretty insane. I mean, there's new Titans, there's new uh Head Knights of Slanesh stuff coming out. There's They're giving away free models if you go into stores. That's a novel one, which I thought quite thing. Oh, you've got um the other the other soulbound, not soulbound, uh, uh Age of Sigmar is um Broken Realms Techless is gonna come out soon. So there's been a load of um new flouncy elves. That's another big thing that's happened with uh, Age of Sigmar. Um, what are they called? Kill Team. Kill Team has a new box set. Kill Team has a new box uh, set. Which uh, is um, Necrons versus Space Marines. 2D playset. Play so, you know, it's okay. Uh, but, you know, some interesting models and a good way of getting a selection. Yep. Right. So, we should talk about the main topic, which is the Space Eldari. Elves. Space Elves. Where shall we begin? Uh, shall I start the introduction of what they are, and then you can talk about the fall? Yeah, because okay. I like about how much they're bastards. So, space elves. <laughs> no, Eldar. 
Eldari. Okay, superficially, they are a human-looking race. By human, we mean humanoid. They are much taller, much lankier, much more elegant. They have inhuman grace. They do not move. So when you are depicting the Eldari uh, in your games of Wrath and Glory, you should have the feeling of uncanny valley with them. There should be they should be unnerving to be around. Uh, they speak in hushed, raspy tones generally. Uh, they may mangle the English language or High Gothic because it is a uh, a, a tongue which does not fully uh, convey the full range of emotions that a Eldari feels. They have. Depending on which things you read, but generally I think Eldari have no irises with their eyes, and they're either like completely white or kind of pearly or completely black. Um, at least that's what I think, anyway. And I think that makes them look. I think it would. I think that that would fit with them. Um, it makes them look scarier. Oh, good, um, yeah. That's that's one thing. It's like even though like the Eldari that you're talking about at the moment, they are technically a good race. Technically, they're, they're, technically, uh, no one's good in 40k, um, but. They're on the shade of grey side rather than the shade of black. Um, they are still they're, scary as hell. They're good in the sense that they don't want the galaxy to go into complete uh, you know, apocalypse. Yeah. But they have no problem about saving the galaxy if it, even if it means all humans dying. Like that's oh, just God. yeah. They don't care about us as monkey. No. Um, they're long-lived, they have very strong emotions, uh, they have heightened senses, and uh, they have very long gestation periods, which makes their race uh, very slow to increase its numbers. Uh, they were created by the Old Ones, who are an ancient stellar race that was able to transverse the warp quite easily and various other technologies. The Old Ones, of course, had a the War in Heavens against uh, the Necrons. Uh, and Slan. no, Necrons, War in Heaven Slan. is Necron. I'm thinking Slan and, and, and things like that. Not yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, they, they needed races to be essentially slave races and warrior races for them. And they, and, uh, they, the Eldari were born in, of, of that requirement. Uh, the Eldari have all members of the Eldari have latent psychic abilities. Uh, which obviously means that from these uh, their emotions, uh, these coalesce, taking form to create their gods, like Karl Menchar Cain, the uh, the murder god, um, the bloody handed god, um, the Harlequin, uh, Vol, uh, Ishtar. Is it Ishtar? Yeah, I think Ishtar, Ishtar. Ishtar's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think the Harlequin is the name of the people who follow it. The Harlequins actually have a specific... well, the laughing god. Yeah, the laughing god. That, yeah. Um, and obviously they they fought in the war uh, against Necrons, the Necron the Necrontier, as they were before they became the Necrons, and against obviously their uh, the Star Gods, the Catan, uh, and with the the just the death of the old ones, uh, the Necrons obviously had their biotransference, so they lost their mortal forms uh, and became mindless slaves to Catan. The Catan were turned upon and turned into, were shattered and become slaves in turn, freeing the Necron lords and uh, from their command. Necrons obviously go to sleep. And so with that, with the the entire galaxy, you know, torn asunder by this galactic warfare, and uh, the Eldari inherited lots of technology, including the webway as a means to travel stars without using the warp uh, uh, or spacecraft. 
in the standard sense. Uh, and then, um, and they seeded many worlds, maiden worlds, but of course the Eldari of all their technology and uh, strong emotions fell into hubris and decadence, which would be their own undoing with the fall. Stupid space elves. Yeah, basically, um, you do see a lot of kind of connections here between reason. One reason we call them space elves is because they are very much similar in style to the high elves and the elves of the Warhammer Fantasy world. And we see this here with the the hubris and decadence of of the Eldari. Um, so much like the elves of the old world, they grew um, as they became as the old ones left and the worn heaven had ended. They pretty much had free reign over the galaxy. They were like the Eldari Empire was massive, spread across the entire galaxy, and they didn't really have anyone to fight against. Really, um, the uh, the Eye of Terror had opened up, but it was still kind of very much in its infancy at the time. So the Chaos Gods were there, but they weren't really threatening the Eldari. So what did they do? Massive, massive galaxy-spanning empire, bit of an arrogant race, latent psychic abilities, like their 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 thoughts and things do echo within the warp. And so as as they go, well, we're bored. Let's have a party. And so they start to get quite decadent with their parties and start doing crazy things. Um, pleasure cults start to spring up across the the empire, across their maiden worlds. Um, and these are exactly what you think they are. They are cults of pleasure. Um, I've actually written something somewhere else about this. Let me just find it. I think it's in the Drukhari section. Uh, uh, oh, I can't find it. Oh, yeah. Um, the Dark Muses um, yeah. kind of arise here as well. So we'll talk more about those when you talk about Drukhari. Um, but the Dark Muses are um, kind of worshipped by the pleasure cults. And these these things are uh, are not particularly nice. Um, and they 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 start to their thoughts start to go darker, and they start to turn into all manner of sex, drugs, rock and roll, pain, pleasure, all the nasty stuff. And from this, their latent psychic abilities react with the warp, and things start to go a little bit wrong. The seers and the far seers of the Eldari at the time, so the the actual I suppose you call them the actual psychers and the the fortune tellers of the Eldari race. They saw the warning signs of what was going on, and they tried to spread spread these um, signs across the, the the empire and say, "Look, stop doing this weird shit. Calm down. We're going to have a major problem if you keep doing this." Um, obviously, with the with the Eldari and them them being kind of quite proud and quite uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Arrogant, Aloof. yeah, Aloof and arrogant. They're like, "Yeah, no, no, we're fine. We not, nothing bad will happen." Only a few Eldari kind of listened and they fled the Maiden Worlds um, and they kind of just kind of left technology and things behind and they, they went off to live a more, I see you've put, you've put rustic life here. Um, I suppose that's kind of true. They, they go off and they, they, they form their own kind of colonies where they shun a lot of things and these, these become the, known as the Exodites, um, which we'll talk about later. But um, as is, this is all is happening as well, um, a lot of the, the Maiden Worlds, they start to build what are known as craft worlds and these are massive um, spaceships that start to fly through the galaxy and things and this all kind of happens at the same time so you, you end up with pleasure cults springing up across the worlds uh, the exodites start to leave and form their own colonies and disconnect from the main eldari and then you get some other worlds that start to build these craft worlds, these floating ships that travel through the warp and travel through space. Um, but then there are others who stayed um, and didn't listen to any of the warn warnings. And they started to um, get even more 
sadistic, I suppose, in, in, in their pleasure seeking that they did. And it's when you start to see um, the Drukari cults arise to some respect, and we start to see the port of Komora grow and become a hub of all excesses, shall we say. Um, uh, Komora is, again, it's related to the Drukari, and I'll probably talk about it more when we get into that, but it's a, it's the, the, it's a port in the webway where a lot of trade was happening at the time. But anyway, sidetrack. All this stuff is going going bad, and and the 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 Aldari are like, yeah, no, it's all fine. Nothing bad's going to happen. I'm just going. Uh, we're all we're all just having fun here and tripping. And then suddenly it all goes wrong, and a massive hole rips in reality as Slanesh is born. <laughs> um, so whoops. Um, yeah, it's... yeah. All the Eldari worlds just suddenly get consumed by Slanesh, and suddenly, oh my god, there's another god of chaos has just turned up. Yeah, it's so... quite interesting because you can see how from the the pain of the war in heavens um would have given the original kind of like energies that would go on to form the original three chaos gods which i think depending on when you where you read didn't um awaken until sometime during like the medieval period on earth like mm. that's when in the timeline the chaos gods kind of awaken yeah and then um the interesting thing with slanesh is that Obviously, the the um, the Great Crusade, which is M thirty, basically yes. starts because Slanesh's birth screen blows away all the warp storms yeah. that were stopping space travel. But the warp storms are actually all that were happening that brought about the Dark Age of technology were because of the Eldari's decadence. Yeah, so, so it's it's, 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 it's all double edged sword. <laughs> it's all the Eldari fault again. Yeah. It is again, and um, the best thing about this is because Slanesh created him. Create they not Slanesh created them. They created Slanesh, and they they cleared all these wonderful warp stones and allowed the Emperor to go out and kind of reunite the, the mankind and create the Imperium and all stuff like that. Slanesh decides he doesn't like the Eldari, and so any time an Eldari dies, he decides to eat them and takes their souls. So um, yeah, whoops to them. Shall we say, and that's all quite interesting, isn't it? Because it, inter- it interconnects a lot of things together in a way, kind of brings yeah. a kind of timeline to to things as well. The the uh, we'll we'll say about the homunculi because they were not stupid enough to stay too long uh, before it all went to pot. They they left and set up shop in Kamara quite early. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, um, the Eldari caused the Eye of Terror. Good for them. Yeah. Um, they, they caused the Eye of Terror, they created a Chaos God. Yeah, they made it easier for people to travel around. I'm sure there's going to be some kind of law somewhere hidden in there that they also caused the Citrix Maledictum somewhere. Um, sure they, must, they must have a hand in that somehow. There's some. There's definitely something somewhere. I can't remember what, but maybe it wasn't. I think it was mostly all Chaos and Necron shit going down. Anyway, yes, so... Um, so the order of who fucked off first from from the crown from the crown worlds uh, is basically the Exodites, followed by early Drakari, yep. uh, followed by Craft Worlds, followed by those last few Drakari, you know, those last few who would go on to also be Drakari, and then everyone else just gets eaten. Plus other other races like the Eye of Terror is a massive like spanning light years. Uh, tore a massive hole and extinguished many souls. So the Crawford Eldar, 
are also known as the Azurim, after their god Azur. Uh, they have massive spaceships. We're talking like small moons kind of style, um, you know. And they float through space on p- particular paths and so forth. And they keep the Crawford Eldar there, who have their souls souls safeguarded by soul stones. So soul stones capture their souls at the moment of death, rather than being passed on into the warp consumed by Slanesh. Soul stones are then kept in the Crawfords in what is called the Infinity Circuits, which allows the souls to exist, communicate, and be installed in other technologies, in particular Wraith Lords, Wraith Knights, Wraith Guard, etc. Basically automata run by ghosts. Uh, they follow aesthetic paths of the Azurni, which means they are like, they're ways of controlling their urges, controlling their emotions, giving them good focus. So, you know, there's the path of war, the path of the seer, etc, uh, etc. Et and, you know, that means... Eldari can Craftworld Eldari uh, the can like switch between these roles during their life or become stuck on one of these paths. So if they generally become stuck on one of these paths, they're going to become something like uh, like a uh, an Eldari um, not warlock. What am I thinking of? Farseer or uh, or a, or a Phoenix um, Phoenix Lord Phoenix Lord. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Wraithbone is basically a psychoactive material that is kind of bone-like, but plastic-like, but metal-like, uh, that they can grow in shape to form any technology they need, pretty much. Uh, it's that's quite it's quite interesting, actually. That, that type of technology turns up in a lot of other sci-fi settings. There's an equivalent yeah. technology in Fading Suns, um, which is used by, um, by a different race altogether, but that's a side topic. Um, the craft worlds, uh, there are a number of main ones. Uh, there's a Latok who stro- strongly follow the Azioni path. Uh, they have high amounts of guardians and uh, and um, aspect warriors. Aspect warriors are basically just temples to a particular kind of way of warfare. Um, you've and um, and from the aspect warriors, you'll get someone that eventually gets turned into a uh, an avatar of Kane. Um, yep. Avatars of Kane are basically just uh, avatars of Carl Mencher Kane, who was a god who got killed, uh, but fragments of him exist uh, in in the, on their craft worlds. Uh, Bartan, most martial craft world, uh, follows the path of the warrior um, and got split apart. Uh, we'll get onto that. During the birth of a, a certain god, a different god, more recent god. Mm-hmm. Uh, Iandan, once largest, uh, basically got completely chomped on by High Fleet Kraken, uh, mainly Wraith constructs now. Uh, I, like the, I like the thing about the Iandan is because like they were like, we're all dying and we need help and please someone come and help us. So uh, the Corsair Prince, Ariel, decides... To come along and to save them, and yet yeah. a couple of hundred thousand, a couple of thousand years before, and they're gone like, no, go away, we don't like you, you've done bad stuff, and they exiled him, so they were saved by one of their own exiles. Uh, then we have Sohan, uh, which are primarily lots of bikers, beaters, yeah. um, and yeah, they they have a lot of contact with exodites. Offway, uh, that is a craftwood which basically floated around primarily near the Eye of Terror before that all got um, messed up with the Cyclotrix Maledictum. 
They have a high amount of psychers in order to fight. Uh, they have low amounts of aspect warriors, uh, but they make up for it with a hell of a lot of of guardians, yeah, uh, rank, guardians who are close combat soldiers. Yep. So uh, this is the other thing that every, because every every single Eldari of age pretty much has been trained for war, mm. their entire population can be turfed out for battle. Um, yeah, and then there's the Black Library, which sits in in um, the Webway as a place for the Harlequins because it's very important, and we'll get onto that later. Uh, things we should say: Aspect Warriors. We've mentioned their runes are a specific style of warfare. Think of them as kind of like they're a bit like Space Marines in a certain respect because the, every Space Marine chapter has a particular favorite way of killing people. Aspect Warriors, pretty much the same. Yeah. Uh, Fire Dragons, Plasma, Flame Weaponry, Howling Banshees, Close Combat. Are they all female? I think they're actually a mix. No, they're all female. According to what I, I was reading, someone can prove me wrong on this, but as far as I'm aware, they're, they're, they're all female. Okay. Modern Games Workshop may have changed that. As I known. think Games Workshop may have changed that of late. Um, but yeah, they they um, have... Uh, apparently still all female. Uh, we'll check that. I, but anyway, they've got... Um, I've just realised I've missed Close combat, and they have a shrieking kind of psychic disturbance weapon they use. Uh, Dire Avengers, uh, pretty much just all-rounders, close combat yeah. base. Uh, Striking Scorpions, another close combat stealth group. Um, yep. Shining Spears, they're basically pinnacle of jet bike we- uh, warfare. Uh, Sweeping Hawks speaks for itself. They have basically jetpacks, and they, do, uh, they have laser weaponry, and they have grenades, and they do orbital drops on people. That's fun. Yep. Water spiders, uh, monomolecular filament webs, uh, and they basically jump through the warp to ping from place to place to attack, which is scary as all hell. Yep. Um, Crimson hunters are basically the it's basically the pilots of things like the phoenix bombers and night wings and so forth dark reapers heavy weapons uh basically yeah they're, they're just heavy weapons missile weaponry etc um there are more there will there are definitely more um they've just never been presented in uh in miniature form or any of the books um the striking scorpions have an interesting uh, relationship with the Drakari. Um, <laughs> more about that later. Right. That's yes. Oh. Um, to do with the, who Drazar possibly is. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that leads us on to the next bit, which I'll cover now because it's quite simple. So the uh, Anrath. Anrath. Yeah. Anrath. That's so. They are the path of the outcast. So basically everyone that goes, screw this, I'm going to go do something else. Um, it can range in how uh, how far they they divert themselves from typical craft world Eldar. Uh, those who don't go too far down the path uh, become rangers uh, and for that reason are quite useful to the craft worlds, uh, scouting ahead, battlefields and so forth. Those who go proper crazy on it and lead a life of of, uh, of excess in their own way uh, are essentially our pirates, and they're the corsairs and raiders, and there are many of them, and um, they they're basically just like small armadas of ships uh, 
they're the most likely ones you're going to actually uh, see probably and interact with in, in the games of Wrath and Glory, but we'll come to that. I would, I would say yes, they're the ones you'll most probably interact with if you are a Imperial. They have their own Psychers as well, so Psychers can go down that path as well and become like their Seers for plotting courses through space. Um, they're cool. I can't wait to have more about pirates in about the Corsairs in uh, in Wrath and Glory. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about people that ride on dinosaurs. Um... <laughs> <coughs> yes, uh, that's a nice way to lead into that one. <laughs> so, who the fuck are Exodites, and why do they ride on dinosaurs? I kind of, we kind of spoke about it a little bit, really, didn't we? Um, when I was doing things on the fall, they're the ones who who buggered off um, before Slanesh was a uh, um, born. They actually listened, and they were the sensible ones. So, yeah, the Exodites they left before the fall um, to found their own kind of societies on the Maiden worlds, um, away from everybody else. They they dropped contact with them all. They they basically stopped using technology. I suppose you could probably call them the Amish version of an Eldari. So they step they they they've not dropped all technology, but they've stepped away from a lot of it. Yeah, um, they live a nomadic life ta- lifestyle. Um, they don't form cities and things. They do go out and kind of have a a simpler life, um, which has made them a lot harder and tougher mentally and psych- uh, psychologically so they don't fall to the old hubris of before um they're less like more... reactive as well yeah less reactive so because of this step back from that old way the old ways they have um kind of managed to to separate themselves from that um they tend to use a lot more kind of natural materials they don't have with this less access to psychic abilities they can't shape wraith bone so you'll see them running around with uh, actual metal weapons and things. Um, and yeah, because because they lead a nomadic tribal life on Maiden Worlds, they have access to dinosaurs. So they <laughs> run around with dinosaurs. Um, I've now yeah. got really bad. I've got dino riders in my head now, and I can't. Yeah, it basically, is that though? Um, yeah. Again, I think they'd be quite an interesting character type to appear in a game of Wrath and Glory. I think mm. they're more than valid. It'd be certainly interesting to see how how you could portray them because they they they're, they're very different to that high and mighty Eldari or Drukari that you have. They they are they'd probably be a lot more they'd be more suspicious, but probably also easier to get on with. I think. Uh, yeah, they're mostly less aloof because they've seen yeah. where that leads to. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is what uh, is the next topic? If if you get uh, aloof, Drukari, your own ass um, Eldar who like to pleasure things. Uh, you get the Drukari, yeah. Right. Drukari. What do lot, we, say? we could we could do an entire episode on these, so I think we just kind of may try yeah, and skip. We're gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna rattle through this. Okay, so we've already mentioned that the pleasure cults uh before the fall are basically where the Drukari essentially come from in a in a way. Hmm. Uh, uh because many of them already started going off to Kamara, which was a port free from any of the I guess planetary system states that made up the empire yeah it was was kind of a place where anybody and anything could go and and trade yeah and um and the and the those who would become the homunculi were actually once like great leaders of the eldari empire 
Um, Some consider them all great leaders, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of terrifying. And they were not stupid. They saw where things, where everything was leading it to. So they left early. And by being in the web, webway, that's what protected them from the mm. psychic, um, the psychic backlash of, of Planesh waking up. So, yeah, I mean, it, you also get into this thing like where Exodites, Drakari, and Craftworld Eldar will have a discussion of who's more the true Eldari. <laughs> you could yeah. say Drakari are more true Eldari than Craftworld. Um, yeah, but yes. They, they, they didn't try, they've not tried to change themselves. They have no. accepted who they are, what they were, and haven't really changed since the time of the fall. And there are kind of, there are kind of comments that you'll find around that there are some Eldari or Drakari who are probably still around from that time so oh yeah they do see themselves as the true inheritors of the eldari empire and they're very much pissed that they're not um again like like all other eldari as well they're very very long lived um but what is what i find really interesting about the jakari is is actually kamora itself um because it's it's when it was originally formed as as a port town it was port town port city thing in the webway it was massively grand and grandiose and, and would bring in people from uh, bringing all different kinds of races for trade and stuff. Now it's this weird twisted Escher like painting, which warps and bends and twists and it changes its form. And so you can kind of walk down one alleyway and then to go meet someone or go murder someone is probably the case in Drakari terms. And then you walk back and the alleyway's not there. It's something different. So you never know where you are. There are safe zones on the outside um, where they do do trades with rogue traders and things. So you there's you can kind of use this maybe as a story hook for some of your games. And I'd love to see a, a game of Wrath and Glory where a rogue trader turns up to Kamora and tries Fucking to work Drakari. out and doesn't get murdered. Fucking Drakari in your party is just terrifying concept. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, they're, yeah, they're, they're, Kamora is a strange, it's kind of like, cause it's like split and folded and stretched over, yeah. over a subspace in the webway. I think it's technically infinite, kind it's of like the, the realms in like Age of Sigma is technically infinite because it bends and twists and shape, reshapes itself. If you want to kind of see some actual games workshop, uh, some games running Kamora, um, go over to the Darker Days blog. And I put a few um, battle reports of when I ran some kill team based in low Kamara. So there's actually some stuff on there that I've got for it. That was mm. kind of a little fun campaign I did with my friends. Anyway, so yeah. Um, and though they weren't completely shielded from uh, the the awakening of Slanesh, which means that all Drakari, because um, they don't they don't have the technology to make soul stones, their souls are constantly being like pulled away by Slanesh. So the only way to mitigate this, because they've basically got a gaping kind of like sucking hole in their souls, is uh, is basically to to nourish their souls by committing pain, torture, and decadence upon others. Uh, hence, why they have. The pleasure cults, torture, uh, all manner of pleasures that they shouldn't be doing, uh, which would bind, you know, w- which would melt the mind of a human. And then they've also God. got their. They, um, also, um, they reincarnate themselves. So there's an element of that. 
Well, yeah, their souls never get sucked off completely. Yeah. So they also have um, obviously many arena uh, battles, and they uh, they they go slave trading. They go fight. You know, they go raiding for slaves for exactly this reason. And you're right. The other thing which is really interesting about them is that they very few Drakari are what are known as trueborn, which means who are, are an actual like um, natural birth because it mm. takes so long. Uh, most Drakari are are like clones or or just not clones, but also like they're known as genetic- half born. They're they're genetically kind of created in gestation tubes. They're just grown in vats. Um, but you're right. Some also do ha- clone themselves to get around death. Like um, many of the prominent characters have been who've cloned themselves uh, to get around it. The, um, it, what the reason I kind of thought about this is when they were doing the end of eighth edition. I can't remember what those books are called and what that series is called. Um, there was a story on um, the GW website, one of those mini stories, where it was basically a homunculi was cloning a captive, and they were bringing them back to life in a new body every time the old body failed, and just carried on torturing them that way. And that's how I kind of got into the cloning thing. Yeah, so they're 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 not particularly pleasant on that front. Uh, The hierarchy of the Drakari used to be uh, used to be trueborn aristocracy, but it's now become basically a very bloody meritocracy. Since uh, Mm. as Drubiel Vect led a coup uh, because he he's a clone, you know, he's he's vat born, Um, and him and his cabals and the cabals uh, reshaped Drakari society. Uh, you've also so cabals is what basically most Drakari belong to. If not, then the witch cults, which are like the close combaty kind of murder gladiators, cults. really gladiators. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would say the cabals are more slavers uh, and raiders. Yeah, they're slave, they're slave, then, slave traders. Yeah, and then you've got humunculi, who are the really ancient, um, as we said, already ancient uh, Drakari who left first. Uh, they are kind of more like puppet masters. They used to rule, and now don't. Um, they're flesh they like crafters. Play. Yeah, they're flesh. They're flesh golem crafters. They like to play with people. They they make Zemeshe from vampire look like um, puppies. <laughs> puppies. Yeah. Um, what we haven't mentioned in here also is there is a uh, group of uh, warriors as well. Um, there's tons of stuff. So you've got like you know you've obviously got uh, skimmers. Um, you've got the Dali Rides, you've got Jet Bikes, you've got the kick-ass um, Scourge on their skyboards, uh, which is very kind of like Green Goblin-like. Uh, witches, uh, basically like witches in uh, like witch elves. Uh, yeah. Incubi, massively armoured murder machines. Yeah, um, Cabalite warriors basically just have like ne- uh, rifles that fire lots of poison needles. That's all fun. We forgot like guardians, elder guardians have shurikens. They follow fire monomolecular shuriken blades. Yeah, generally. Um, but yeah, incubi are an interesting bunch. They're basically very similar to aspect warriors, and they get yeah. They're a mercenary order, and they have built into their helmets as well, kind of like. Um, like close range guns, which is also then very quite similar to the way of fighting of the striking scorpions, which leads you to dun dun dun. Who is Drazar? So Drazar is like this like master um, incubi, and there's a lot of shit about how he became leader of them. 
But rumours are he's actually also the first Incubi uh, who's been working Ooh. behind the scenes a lot and was actually the fallen father of Scorpions of the Striking Scorpions. So he was the first Phoenix Lord. So he's um, apparently possibly uh, Hara. Um, is it Ahara? Yeah. So um, who apparently fell to service of Slanesh, even. Um, there's, yeah. yeah. So Drezar's interesting and turns up in one of the most recent boxed games uh with with um basically incubi versus um howling banshees yeah that's the one uh so i think i think we can kind of probably do another episode on jukari because there's a lot in there that we can talk about we can do a lot on everything of the eldari anyway so yeah um jukari uh the dark muses were basically like the first jukari as well so it's ancestor worship Yep. Um, which I find really interesting. I find that really, really interesting for the Drakari. Um, but yeah, that's Drakari. They're mental. Uh, they're scary. They don't have psychers. That's the other thing. Psychers would be considered a weakness and a way in for demons into Kamara. So they that's like why they have sharp, pointy things as well. Yeah, that's why they just basically kill all psychers that ever yeah. turn up amongst their number. Which leads us into Harlequins. Harlequins, the laughing, the laughing troop. Mm. I'm not even going to try and pronounce the, the, that name that you've put there. Rylatan. Like all Eldari names are basically based off like old Celtic names yeah. anyway. Which I probably should know more about considering my other podcast, but I don't and I can't pronounce half the shit anyway that I do on there. But yeah, the Harlequins, uh, they're basically they're jesters, really, aren't they? Um, and they liked acrobats and and things. It's probably the best way. They're they're brightly coloured acrobats who laugh at you as they kill you in horrendous ways. But yeah, the Harlequins, they they're the ones who they they maintain the Black Library, so that uh, the secret store of forbidden knowledge buried deep within the webway. Um, and they follow they they worship the the god known as the Laughing God. They are truly neutral. As, as a kind of an Eldari thing. They will fight for both the Jukari and the Craftworld Eldari. They have even been known to turn up and help the Imperium at times, as they are really just kind of like guardians of, of knowledge and directly fighting chaos. Um, they turn up randomly, dropping out of random webway portals, quick, brightly coloured people. Um, they f- perform nomadic lightning strikes, on there, they do travel to um, Eldari enclaves. So they're not just all about protecting this. They will travel to Eldari enclaves and they'll perform rites and rituals um, for the, these people, uh, these Eldari. They'll also put on massive, massive performances. So they, they play to the whole jester kind of uh, thing as well. They'll put on these massive, brilliant like Cirque du Soleil, but space elf Cirque du Soleil stuff. Yeah. Um, and they um, it's all kind of in worship to... Um, remember the laughing god and um the dead gods of of the eldari because when when slanesh was born he did rip through a lot of the eldari gods and did kill quite a few of them so Mm. as much as you've got all of these um kind of aspect warriors and these temples to to things a lot of them don't exist anymore Uh, which actually brings us quite nicely into the next one who is a reborn god the I was going to finish with the the Harlequins technology wise. Well, they they have a lot of like um, it's common like like the the Takari use a lot of like shadow fields, especially their spaceships. So they use mm. a lot of like that kind of style. Hollow fields are common to the Craftworld Elder. Craftworld Elder also have Titans. 
uh, we should say as well. It'll be good to see those Wraith Titans back. Um, but uh, the Harlequins have also their own kind of like stealthy technology, which like breaks up how they appear. It's very like kaleidoscope kind of appearance that everyone kind of has in their their force. So they really would would look completely strange on the battlefield. Like you wouldn't even be able to make out distinct shapes all the time. But yes, the Yanari, uh, the Reborn. So this is where things... This is where I also say something at some point to piss off a lot of people. This is where Eldari get interesting, I feel, in recent years. Because the yeah. this is a brand new faction. And they basically, they, they draw from all Eldari groups. Um, and essentially, they they follow the path of of the dead god. Uh, Yanari. So their god of the dead has just been born, which is a kind of a bit of a coup on Slanesh. Yep. Uh, because this god of the dead is born from the souls of Eldari combined together. So something, doesn't doesn't like Eldred have something to do with that? He tries to do yes, some some weird thing to he, stop the bodies the, the, the souls disappearing. He found a planet that was covered in dust, which is the same material as. Uh, spirit stones and had Eldari souls being trapped within it as this battle raged there. So it was a means of creating this huge planetary, you know, psychic resonance to, to, to awaken this God. It failed, but it created a little moat and that moat fucked off through space and time and landed in, uh, in Vrain. And Vrain is the prophet of, of, uh, of Yined, the god of the dead. And so she's basically walked pretty much every path of the Eldari, uh, by which I mean not only Craftworld, we're also talking Drakari. So she's actually been like a succubus, like witch, and so has been a master gladiatorial fighter, uh, even facing Lilith Hesperax. Yep. Um, and it was actually at the hands of her or something that, Yvrain basically died and then was reawoken by this moat of uh, Yanid. And so that really kicks off everything. And she, uh, it, kicks she... Off, it kicks off the whole kind of new crusades and the, the, yeah, the, I... the Citrix Maledictum and stuff like that. It occurs around that, about the same time as the Great it, Rift like opens up. So she's on a quest to get all the Crone Swords, which should kill Slanesh. Um, she took one crone sword out of, of, uh, out of the Crawford Beltan, which led to, um, you know, kind of awakening, but also kind of not completely, and instead also bringing forth uh, Yakana, which is this avatar of the God of the Dead. So it's kind of a bit like a um, avatar of Cain. Um, much cooler model. Yes, avatar of Cain is obviously you can't even buy. I, I hope they redo it. Like they really need there's to redo the, most the, the of the Aldari line at this point. Um, yeah. So the fun thing they're about they're on this um, big quest, and then there's another guy with them who looks a bit like an incubus, who's a Drakari incubus that's turned to following the path of death. Yep. And they they went on a big crusade. They went all the way to. Ultramar and reawoken uh, Rebuk Gilliman, who is obviously um, a Smurf, Primarch of the Ultramarines, and now is effective Grand High Warlord of the entire Imperium and leading his own crusade into the 
um, Imperia, Imperium Noctis. Uh, yeah, this is a real game changer. Yeah, and the fun thing about that whole thing with uh, Papa Smurf is... It's a good um, game changer. I, I like what it brings because it means you can technically, you know, you can at the tabletop play with all your Eldari models combined together. Um, and plot-wise, it really does start bringing forward some some stuff. It, it's a nice it's a nice way that it's a way to kind of refresh the Eldari because um, they're 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 one of the few 40k ranges which has not had a model update since like aesthetically really I suppose they've not had an update for a very very long time. You're still kind of seeing very very similar styles to when the first plastic kits came out in like the late 90s. Yeah, uh, and this bringing in the Inari allowed you to kind of they brought out some new models. Um, Ivrain model is brilliant. She has a little kitty with her. Um, and I just have to say this because it really annoys a lot of people, but Rubok Gilliman and Yvane are, uh, they're friendly, shall we say. And it's actually in the comic books, in the kids' books. That they're, uh, really? Yeah, in the kids' books. Um, so a lot of people, one, a lot of people hate the kids' books because why would Games Workshop do kids' books? And they also hate them because uh, they have a bit of a relationship going on, those two. Hmm. So um, that's always fun to point out to people. But yeah, I do. I do like the Inari, um, and I like what they've done with with them. And I'm hoping with a, with ninth edition, we're going to see some more kind of expanded stuff um, with with where that's going, especially with the new rise of the the Necron and and the coming of the the Silent King. And obviously, that's a big thing for the Eldar. It's like, oh, hang on a minute, our old enemy's woken. Let's 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 kick ourselves back into into line and do stuff. Yeah. But yeah, that's basically all the factions um, of the Eldari. There's a lot of different things, and it's quite cool. Um, I mean, as we said, like with all the different craft worlds, um, with the Trakari, there are different cabals, there's different witch cults, there's different homunculi covens. So again, you've got factions within factions within factions. Um, so how the fuck do we use this all in our games of Wrath and Glory? <laughs> Um, so I think the easiest things out of the book to do uh, are playing Corsairs and people on the path of the outcast because you can play yeah. Corsairs and Rangers That's, and, and Warlocks right I know we've got the archetype for Warlock in there but really I think what we should they should be called is um, you basically count your Warlocks as um, Parthia? No they're, they're called they're called something specific for Eldari Corsairs. They are called, when I find it, uh, Void Dreamers. Yes, yeah, Void Dreamers. And I think that'd be really cool. So basically just do that straight away. And with those characters, uh, you know, you can also then easily make your um, Felark the captain of a group of Corsairs um, or a Corsair prince or, or whatever. Um, you've basically got your your pirate group of of Eldari, so you can just basically do rogue trader with Eldari. Yeah, um, it'd and be, that's pretty it'd fun. Be, it'd be fun to try and run run a game with just a pure Eldari. Oh player. yeah, I'm thinking of it. <laughs> <laughs> I know you've been thinking of it, and it's something that we do need to do. We did the whole yeah. orcs on orcs on tour. Let's do Eldari on tour. Um, yes. So obviously, you could do very low level corsair pirates. You could do a bit higher level. Um, Eldari, uh, uh, all the way up to including your warlocks and and so forth. Um, they can also that you know you you are quite capable of having Eldari uh, within um, 
a group of a rogue trader. Yep. I mean, you only have to look at Blackstone Fortress uh, for that kind of inspiration. So uh, a ranger would easily fit into that. Yeah. Um, we even see that within um, the Wrath and Glory core book where they talk about Veronius. He does have a deal with there's a deal with the Craftwork yeah. which is going on in there. But he also there's also a there is a there is a um, Green Steel group. Yeah, I think he's got deals with them as well. So yeah, um, so that's fun. Um, you could also quite easily have uh, an Eldari character in the party of a um, Inquisition character. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you only have to look at the books of um, uh, Gideon Rav- Ravna. Ravnos. Yeah, he he uses them, doesn't he? Ravna has uh, has tight links with the Eldari, uh, even using their technology because uh, he's. Uh, He's, he's trapped a, in a box. He's a heretic anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, they're all heretics. Um, but the point is, it is good fun. Um, the main trick is really, is I would say, is the is the role-play aspect of playing an Eldari, is trying to play them as, as being aloof, as being barely holding back their emotions. It's kind of like playing, I mean, let's, for want of a better word, or better similarity, uh, or metaphor, you, you're really playing kind of like Vulcans. Like, Vulcans yeah. are... Oh, and Romulans, they're like so close to flipping the fuck out and and uh, and, and going crazy on everyone. Especially um, when stupid monkeys do something stupid. Yeah. And, like, start a fight and they're like, why did you do that? Just just why? Why why are you so young and, and stupid and short-lived? Definitely. Um, so... How else can we use them in our games? I mean, right now it's a bit limited because we don't have, like, you can't play an Aspect Warrior, you can't play um, various things of an Eldari society. But I think there's enough guidance. Rangers and Warlocks at the moment, so... Yeah, you only have to look at the wikis, though. You can see, like, um, you know, I say a Void Dreamer is definitely a thing. Void Storm squads are squads of Corsairs that are, are veteran Corsairs. So that's basically just your Corsairs at tier two. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a thing you can you can up your Corsair to a fell arc, so you can just have a, a couple of fell arcs. Yeah. In there, I think so. Um, you could be Corsairs that have you know jetpacks that functionally are similar to what um, to really any other jetpack. Um, and also, like this will get easier when we get the book on vehicles come out, uh, which is also in the near future. So I have rules for like Falcon Grav tanks and you know. Oh, yeah, talk about that. Um, that has been, that been mentioned? That's been mentioned. That's right. been mentioned. We get Orcs and Eldari vehicles in there. Um, I don't know if those exact vehicles are in there, but I mean they're the basics. We had them in the. Um, I think we had Falcon Grav tanks in the old book in the first edition. Um, it's it's coming, which will be good. So yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely fun. It'll be a different, very different feel of a campaign to play as Eldari. Yeah, uh, like it'll be part playing samurai, a part playing um, people who are very close to getting very easily hooked on opium. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, it certainly adds a different different aspect to the way that you you would run especially you'd not want to die as well you'd be yeah you know you're this amazing generally you're an amazing athletic lithe warrior type thing but you'd also probably be petrified of dying yeah. because you don't you hope that your soul stones will work but what happens if something goes wrong then so. yeah and then um 
obviously the other interactions Eldarian Space Marines is really going to just be a um, alliance of convenience. Eldarian Orcs very unlikely, but again, you could see you could see an, an alliance of convenience perhaps between some I, corsairs. I, I, could see, I could see with corsairs that they'd keep them all around for the comedy value. I feel yeah. Um, so you Necrons are just like no. The interesting thing then is obviously Eldari can be terrifying in their own right. And I think it's the important mm. thing. Eldari themselves, Craftworld Eldari, are terrifying. They yeah. are scary. They're inhuman. And so should be terrifying to have on the battlefield uh, with as your antagonist to your players. Um, you know, the the rangers who you only see in the in the very distance or are kind of like shadows uh, in how they move around. Yeah, you need. I think you can basically use Eldari like you would use the Predator, um, <laughs> uh, or, or similar, or or as like a band of 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 like super powered like space Jedi samurai, essentially. I, I would I would say yeah. I would say you put a Ranger as as, as a um, Predator, and the Drukari you could kind of take them as as aliens. They just run at you and murder you, or maybe yeah. run at you and take you away and hide you away in a corner somewhere and make do weird crap to you. Yeah, well, Drakari have also got very heavy Hellraiser elements to them. Oh yeah. Um, obviously, at least to Drakari being enemies, they are terrifying in their own right. For that, um, yeah, it's going to be. You can get a lot out of them. I think the point is, is that the motors of the Drakari should be always very hard to understand. Yeah. Um, from a human point of view, uh, simply because they they have a different, they're tuned into fate in a different way to humans. Uh, they see it very, you know, they're focused on it uh, thanks to their farseers. Um, so they'll strike in places which seemingly make no sense because um, they're basically nudging the the direction of fate. They're not hitting it with a hammer. Um, and then obviously Kamara would be an amazing like fucking location to go to. I, I know love to to do something in Kamara. Well, it would be a very grim grim fantasy, but the amount remember, of stuff you could do with the 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 way that the city changes and stuff. Remember that Kamara also has essentially like splinter realms of itself in other yep. places. So there's the one that was in the Calaxis system, which made up the Rogue Trader RPG for. 40k back in the day and so that has kind of like a small splinter part of Kamara so I think that's the way to think about it it's like domains of Kamara are like local to certain places well I, th I think it's that Kamara itself exists in one place but its doorways exist in different places yeah 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 so it's like it's not so much as Kamara exists in other places. It's just because of the way it warps and shifts and changes and has this weird connection with the warp and the webway. It appears at, at times that it's massive and ex expands beyond the size of the galaxy, so you can actually enter it from anywhere within the galaxy. And then it will shift, and suddenly the doorway that you thought led to Kamara doesn't exist, and it's now somewhere else in the galaxy. And each time you go through a doorway, that doorway may lead you to a different part of Kamara. It's such a bizarre concept. It's kind of why I related it to Escher at the beginning, but it would be very, very fun to explore in a, in a game much more easy to explore in an RPG than it would be on the tabletop. Um, we tried so, to do it on the tabletop, but... Yeah, uh, so the, 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 if you, yeah, so the place I was talking about in the Klaxer system is what's called a satellite realm. Uh, yeah. 
these are bits at the very edge of tomorrow. Bits where humans are allowed before uh, for at least half an hour before they get taken away to the slave pits. Yeah, so it's yeah, it'd be very interesting. Um, obviously, the webway is uh, an interesting location to explore and travel through if you're playing as a player group. Uh, Exodites and Maiden Worlds would be uh, very uh, dangerous locations for mm -hmm. for any uh, party to end up on, especially if they don't have an Eldari in their number. Uh, you know, you can imagine some poor Imperial Guardsmen on some Maiden World left there, uh, or um, you know, Space Marines going there for to recover some ancient artifact uh, and having to face against the various powerful uh, mega fauna that wander across the planet. Um, dinosaurs. Dinosaurs, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that covers everything, really. Um, what you can do, ideas, and what the Eldari are. And just really, the ultimately, this, the, the main things to remember is, even though they look human, they're certainly not. And mm. every time you can reinforce that in your game, the, the better. So, for example, I always come back to the example of what did uh, my partner Sam play uh, in our home game of Wrath and Glory. So, I just need to look up the character in Pirates of the Caribbean in Dead Men Tell No Tales, okay? Uh, which I think is the four, fifth one. You could be quite interesting with it. I mean, also, uh, Eleanor played a. Uh, Eldari Corsair yeah. um, in our stream game. That was really good fun. And she kind of went for the thing with the, you know, looking she down. down on we were snobbish. Yeah, it was, it was good. I, I think that's the fun thing. I mean, you, you likely would down, you wouldn't have to be like that so much if you were playing a full Eldari game. Yeah, there'd be better interactions between between yeah. the, um, the characters, obviously, because they would like each other. So Eldari don't hate Monkey; they just look down on them and, and kind of pity them in a way, I suppose, is probably the best way to do it. But Eldari, well, obviously, are all heavy uh, cocaine users. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I'm just trying to remember that the... Um, also uh, available uh, in one of the scenarios from Wrath and Glory are Eldari. So there's some El there's an Eldari only scenario in uh, Dark Tides, uh, mm -hmm. which you can play. Uh, that would be quite interesting. And you can also come across an Eldari in. I think it is. Is it in Dark Bidding? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it is Dark Bidding. So Dark Bidding has uh, spoiler alert. There is some Eldari stuff in there. Uh, in particular, uh, if you already listened to this, you're mostly going to be a games master anyway. So what the fuck? Um, <laughs> uh, right. Um, yep. There's a character in Dark Bidding who is a Drakari, but he's also worked for the Green Steel Coterie. Uh, so the Corsairs. Yeah, that that does that that does fit because even though the Drakari aren't are 
not particularly nice. They they do they do deal with people. Yeah. Um, so in, this guy, yeah. So this guy is a hellion. So we've actually got rules for a skyboard. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Okay, I'm, uh, I'm 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 seeing things now, and I understand things more about litanies now. Um, so, cool. skyboard. So we've got rules for a skyboard, which is it is amazing. It's um pretty fast. It's got splinter pods on it. Um, yeah, that's cool. Then they're, they're like my favorite miniatures anyway in the entire Trakari range is um, Hellions because um, I've got a copy of um, Gangs of Camorra, which is a fun game. Um, but yeah, that's that's basically it. I think that's all we can really say for now on Eldari until um, we a do a deeper dive on a particular group, mm-hmm. or b when a particular book comes out. Can hear your cats in the background. Yeah, it's been annoying. Um, right, I think that's it, isn't it? Yep, I think that's it. Um, so. Dive into something even more than, yeah. Um, so, uh, if you want to get in contact, uh, just find us, uh, radio uh, at gmail.com to email us. That way, you can find us on Twitter at Darkadays Radio, find us on Instagram at Darkadays Radio, you can find our blog, you can find us on Facebook, uh, you can find us on Twitch, Darkadays Radio. Um, you can then also, if you uh, like to discuss games and our ideas and talk to other fans of the show, you can find our Discord, where there is always some form of interesting conversation going on. Uh, but that is basically it uh, for this episode. So thank you again, David, for helping me get through this madness of space elves. Space elves. Space murder elves. Yeah. Um, we will likely do a stream game. I, I can imagine quite soon where it will be playing as Eldari Corsairs because I think that'll be rad as fuck uh, to play some really different characters in Wrath and Glory. Uh, but that is everything for now. So we're going to say goodbye. Yep. Goodbye. <laughs>